podcast for giftware and specialty food artisans who want to work smarter, earn more, and live better. Hosted by Stefa Normantis. Hi, this is Stefa. Thank you for listening to Artisans Who Wholesale today. I admire anybody who carries a torch. And <laughs> our guest today is Holly Kenny, and she's been creating unique artisan jewelry, giftware, and kitchenware using a torch, yay, and glass rods since 2008. She owns LCK Glassworks, which is an artisan studio and gift shop that features the work of New England artisans. And the sweetest fun fact is that LCK Glassworks is named after her daughter, which is super, super sweet. So let's welcome, uh, let's welcome Holly today to the show. So nice to have you here. Well, thanks, Stefa. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and your business. So as you mentioned, I started in 2008 making glass beads. I work on a as a benchtop torch, kind of looks like one of those Bunsen burners that you had from high school. Nice. Uh, in chemistry class, yeah. And uh, use thin rods of glass that are about a foot long, and I melt them in the torch and I use, I used to use propane and oxygen, an oxygen concentrator actually, but now I use natural gas now that I have the studio set up here. And I make glass beads, small sculptural items. Some of the times I make beads that are maybe the longest I make is maybe about four inches long, like a, like a narrow tube. And mm-hmm. the tiniest I usually make are teeny tiny ones, maybe for earrings, which can be like half the size of a thumbnail. So tiny little, little guys. But I've been doing the glass work for probably almost 12 years now, and I absolutely love it. It's, it's kind of my passion. Terrific. How old is yeah. your daughter now? So she is 15. Can you believe that? <laughs> I know. Because I think I started with you guys uh, maybe like five years ago, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, she's 15. Uh, and uh, she's, yeah, she's in high school. She's a freshman this year. So that's that's a lot of fun. That's a whole journey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Having one yeah. of the- Having a few of those myself, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah and as you mentioned, she, I, I named the business after her. So I started when she was three and my son is 11. So right when he was born, I took a class because I think I needed to get out of the house and do something at night mm-hmm. and um, just have something that was my own. Yeah. And it kind of went from there. But so her initials are Lindsay Caroline Kenny. So that's where the L, C and the K come in. Ah. Um, so sometimes my, my son gives me a hard time and says, where's my business? I say, That's just not happening anytime soon. <laughs> or it's coming so, a long time from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yep. great. Now, tell me a little bit more about the products that you sell. Okay. So um, what I had been doing up until about two, a little over two years ago, was I would just sell my glass beads that I create, and I would put them in stainless steel handled cake cake and pie sets, serving platters. I have these really cute little salsa spoons, things like that. So mostly kitchenware, mm-hmm. a little bit of giftware. I'll do like fan pulls with them, or um, sometimes I'll make magnifying glasses around Mother's Day mm-hmm. and a whole, a whole bunch of other things like that. In addition to jewelry, um, I started with the jewelry when I was even before I started making the glass beads and doing the glass work, I started making jewelry. But as you know, from running the New England made shows, like it, it's jewelry is a very saturated market. Mm-hmm. And unless you have something that's really unique and different, you need a special niche. Mm-hmm. So I kind of moved a little bit from the jewelry to the kitchenware. And that's been, that's been a, a bestseller for me. And that's mostly what I wholesale, but I still do a fair amount of jewelry mm-hmm. um, at the torch. And, but 
in addition to that, and we can talk about this later probably, but I also, I now have a retail location. So in addition to the, the work that I just mentioned, I sell other types of artwork, pottery, painting, photography, woodworking, all kinds of things like that. Terrific. I definitely want to get into that a little later. Yeah. Um, but let's yeah. uh, start back a little bit more at the beginning. You mentioned that you were looking for something at night to just have as your own. Why did you start your business and how did you know it wasn't just a little gig hobby? So it started as a fun hobby. Yeah. I I used to do health policy research, women and children's health policy. And mm-hmm. when my husband and I met, I went back to grad school and got a master's in health policy in DC. And he was also going to school at, at DC. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a couple of different policy shops there and used to like go and work with lobbyists on Capitol Hill. And mm-hmm. it was really, I, I loved it. That was, it was really a exciting time. You know, you're in your really early twenties and mm-hmm. DC is such a lot, such a mover and shaker kind of town. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then we moved to San Diego for a few years, which was paradise. Mm. <laughs> I loved it out there. And I did some, I worked continued my work in children's health policy out there, mostly um, you know, policy writing and papers and, and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I came, we moved back to the East Coast. I originally am from New Jersey and my husband's from uh, Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to get a little closer than you know 3,000 miles away yeah. because Lindsay, my daughter, was born out in San Diego. So we came back and I was still doing some, some of the same policy work um, but I was mostly consulting and a little bit of commuting into Boston. And it just, I don't know, it kind of lost it. And then Alex, my son was born mm-hmm. and it kind of, I was at a sort of a transitioning point in life. And I thought, I, I don't know if I want to continue doing this right now, mm-hmm. but I knew I needed something because, you know, it happens when you have kids, sometimes mm-hmm. you can very quickly lose yourself yeah. and, and I love them and they're wonderful, but I kind of was missing something. And I really... I hadn't been able to do anything creative in a long time. I used to do some creative writing and that kind of thing. But so I took a class at night. I live in central Massachusetts and uh, it's called the Metro West area. And in Worcester, Mass, there's a big art studio, craft studio and a glass studio. So I took a class there at night and I just, it clicked like Mm -hmm. almost immediately. I just fell in love with it. And then I started to give it away as gifts to friends and things. There's some of the jewelry that I had made with my beads and, Mm -hmm. and then, then my husband built me a studio uh, and my, my father-in-law built a small little bench mm-hmm. that I still have oh. down in the basement of our house with one little torch <laughs> and a propane tank outside. And I just, then it became more of, okay, well, I, I did it as a hobby for maybe a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I started to sell it at craft fairs and things like that. And, um, and that sort of evolved from there. Sort of every year it grew a little more and I would do some higher end craft fairs, juried shows mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I guess I didn't, I sort of just, it sort of just kind of slowly evolved into the business. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Sure. And you mentioned uh, that you have not only a uh, a retail shop, but you're certainly doing wholesale. Mm-hmm. Is your shop the only place that you retail or do you re- retail elsewhere? So I wholesale my mm-hmm. work to about 50 stores yeah. now across the country. But as far as the retail part, I'm just retailing. Is that what you I mean? meant uh, as far as craft shows, are you still doing some of oh, the, that angle yeah, of things? I am actually. Yeah. I used to do about 65 oh my a year, God. <laughs> which was a lot, <laughs> including like smaller, like farmer's markets sure. and things, but also like the bigger juried um, yeah. fairs. And now I haven't counted, but I'm, I'm dropping it. Last year I dropped a little and this year I'm dropping mm-hmm. some more. And mostly now I'm focusing on doing 
really local shows that with the hope that I'll drive traffic into the store mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm still doing a little bit of that. Yeah. In fact, the first one, the, some of the markets start up in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. So I have my assistants out in the, I'm in the office of the studio, but they're out front and they're making all kinds of things that I designed for them. So to get ready. Yeah. Uh, Holly, what are you most proud of in yeah. the business? Um, I think I'd have to say the way that it's grown mm-hmm. just it, and how it's evolved. Because as I said, I started out quite a while ago and it was always a business, but the last two years or so since I moved into this bigger space, I'm at about a little under a thousand square feet space. Now I've got a, bench top with six torches mm-hmm. for glasswork. I have a small staff that works with me and I carry about, I think we're up to pushing 60 other artists work that wow. I carry. So I think I'm most proud of that and just developing an artist community here in my town, in my area, because right around me, there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of that. So that's been, that's been pretty amazing. Can you tell me a little bit more? I know there was an evolution into opening up a retail shop. Can you tell me what mm-hmm. that was like? Yeah, it was a huge learning curve <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> here I am with the background in health policy. And then before that, I did um, genetic sequencing. That was uh, so I, I annealed DNA and now I anneal glass. So it's kind of funny <laughs> in that way, but totally not related mm-hmm. at all. My parents were artists, so I guess that's where some of this mm-hmm. comes from. But I don't have, you know, a business background at all. And just a lot of yeah. learning, a lot of learning along the way and trying to, um, connect with people that know more about things than I do in specific areas, like just going to experts and other people that, you know, marketing and graphic design and um, social media, things like that. So that's, I I didn't even know if I'm answering the question, but yeah, I just, it's been a big learning curve and it's kind of evolved. And tell me how you started. When did you start to think like, you know what, I should open up a little shop or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a, Fun and kind of sad, but happy story. I kind of think I'd been going in that direction for a few mm-hmm. years because I knew I didn't. I, I like doing the markets. I like connecting with people and doing the shows and connecting with, you know, my customer base and kind of setting the, getting a pulse of what's popular, what people are looking for. But I, um, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work, you know, big, heavy tents, schlepping, you're gone every single mm-hmm. weekend. It's a lot. And I didn't think longer term. That was really something I wanted to, to do in the end, the end game. But the thought of like opening up and renting space and opening up a, a shop and a studio, well, mostly it was going to be a studio in the beginning. And that just was daunting. And I thought, oh. so I wouldn't get out of my own way for a few years. And I kind of had it in the back of my head. But yeah, I said, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know. I'd need insurance. I'd need all this stuff. So I started kind of loosely looking at different places mm-hmm. to rent about three, three and a half years ago. And I was kind of looking a little bit, but I didn't really commit to anything. I knew I wanted to stay sort of close to my hometown or town here because mm-hmm. because of the kids. But I finally found a place that I, I think I kind of liked. And the first thing I had to do was go and talk with the fire department and the fire inspector because I had to have um, all these torches and, you know, flame. So um, I was I did find the building that I'm in now and I was set to to meet with the fire inspector. And then I found out that my mom. She had gotten uh, sick. She had been, um, yeah. So she uh, had lung cancer. And I, she was, as I said, I think I mentioned, I grew up in New Jersey. So I spent a couple of months around Christmas time, 
two years ago, going back and forth to be with her in New Jersey in the hospital. And um, I had to reschedule the appointment. I had a couple of times with the fire inspector and my mom kept saying, you better not give this yeah. up. Like, this is what you want to do. And I, of course, you know, you prioritize yeah. and that was not, it was just not important anymore. So, but that was kind of the push. And then she, she passed away in February. So it was really yeah. fast and it was a good it was a push for me to kind of say, okay, life is really short and I got to do this. If I don't do it now, who knows, something else will come up yeah. and I may not do it, you know, for another few years. So I did it and I kind of threw myself into the space and like painting and designing and building the, the building up the shop. It was great because my husband and at the time I think Alex was like nine, my son. So they built the, all the shelving in the store and then they built the benches. Mm. So it, it, I threw myself into that and it was a very cathartic. It was a great kind of part of the healing process for me, but also nice because my parents met in art school. So mm -hmm. they were both artists and, and that, that kind of, that sort of propelled it along, I think. Full circle. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, I'm Definitely. sorry about your mom, Holly. That's a, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. She's she's a part of the studio. I have a lot of her work here, like on display, and you know, just for me That's to have. Fantastic. Nice. nice. Uh, yeah. Tell me uh, the hardest part of the business. What's your current challenge? Mm. No challenges. Definitely. <laughs> I know. Right now. <laughs> now you want to get real? No, <laughs> Let's get real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, balancing. I am not good about balancing. I mean, I'm sure everybody says this, but. When you get to do what you love, which I love, I mm -hmm. love being on the torch. Like I could do that all day, every day, most of the day. But mm -hmm. there's children, mm -hmm. husband, <laughs> dog, house, you know, although they need to be fed and <laughs> things like that. So, so just balancing it all. I've gotten better about that. I now have a couple people that work for me that occasionally will mm -hmm. work on a Saturday for me so that I don't always have to be yeah. gone on the weekends. Yeah. So that, that's a big, that's a big challenge for me, balancing it all and getting everything yeah. done that I need to it's get done. It's hard to turn off when it's so integrated yeah. into everything. Yeah. And it's, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's, there's yeah. very little separation uh, at a certain point. So tell me about a failure moment and something you learned from it. I think when I started out, I, um, I, did a bunch of markets and kind of jumped right in like mm -hmm. to some juried craft fairs and focused. I was so focused on having mm -hmm. enough product for the shows. And because everything that I do is mm -hmm. pretty much one of a kind, even when I wholesale my work, I, I tell my buyers like you can have what's in the catalog, but mm -hmm. the colors are going to be a little different maybe, or, you know, the exact size might be a little different. It might vary. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes it unique. But I remember the first few markets starting out, I stayed up until like maybe three o'clock in the morning the night before finishing up different items. I think I was like focusing on some new necklaces and things and really like really detailed work and more expensive pieces and none of them sold. The things that sold were like the something I didn't expect at all, like the earrings and some other things. So yeah, that was good. So it taught me to really like gauge my audience and know my market a little better and make sure you know, I'm not just making mm -hmm. something because that's what I want to make, but yeah. to make sure that it's going to sell. So for was, sure, for sure. What do you wish somebody had told you before you started? Yeah. I would say that you never turn it mm -hmm. off when you own a business, but I mean, I knew that, you know, it's, that's the reality of it. Um, I honestly, mm -hmm. like I, if I could go way back, if I knew I was going to end up doing this, I would have gone to school for 
like some kind of business development, just because I think those, and I constantly will take like little mini courses or webinars and things on, you know, just running a business because there's a whole side of that, you know, as you know, that, you know, you have to figure that out if you want to be successful. And it's always changing. That's that's important. You know, what, what you learned about, you know, what you learned about marketing five years ago is not the same of what it is today. So Mm -hmm. what has your business taught you? Oh, what has it taught me? That you should go after what you want. I mean, I think that that was the big thing in the beginning. I was was afraid it wouldn't work, but just Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to try it and see how it goes. And I learned that even when I try to develop new products and things, sometimes I get really excited about a new kitchenware piece that I'm going to develop or, um, you know, a new jewelry line. And, you know, it may, it may totally flop. It may take off, but I have to at least try it and see and make, you know, just mm. to get out there and, and, give and it a shot. how often are you so, introducing new products? I definitely once a year. I try to, especially for my wholesale line, I try to throw something new in once a year, mostly like a new kitchenware piece mm. if I can or a new, even if it's new packaging for an existing item and tweaking that item like this past year, I did those little gumdrop necklace and earring sets mm. with, um, that look like little, they look like gumdrops that are packaged in the little plastic paint cans and they sold really well. And I've been making those for years, but when I started that, the new packaging, they really took off. So at least once a year, and I like to try to do something each season, at least kind of, I'd like to say that I do a whole new line each season, but that's, that's usually not what happens. I usually just kind of update and, and try to it boosts a little bit of uh, some fresh things into an existing yeah. line. At and least. what's so that process like? Is it something where it's always sitting in the back of your mind and you kind of think, ah, you know what, let me park that idea because it may turn out to be the grain of, uh, of something that may sprout as a, as a line or, or what's your process? Oh, <laughs> you overestimate me. <laughs> No, actually, um, a little bit of that. I do like I keep a whole lot of notebooks and for all different things, but I do have parts where I'll like jot down ideas or I'll see something that gives me kind of inspires me or something like that. But sometimes I just that's the beauty of, of working with glass and, and um, the glass that I do. Sometimes I just sit down at the torch and if I'm not feeling inspired, I'll uh, I'll just start making little spacer beads and maybe play with some new colors and just kind of let it happen and let it kind of unfold. And I do a lot of work with what's called um, silver glass. And it's glass that actually has different minerals, silver, copper, some magnesium. And so the appearance of the glass and and how it turns out, how the bead turns out, changes in the flame and then changes sometimes after it's been in the kiln for a while. So sometimes I can kind of let that design process take over and, and I'll come up with mm-hmm. something and say, oh, this really is pretty cool and I'll work with that. Or this isn't what I was after at all, but let's see if we can do something Perfect. with it. So Great. a little bit of what both of What is your things. best tip for finding new buyers? How do you expand your base? Well, there's this great show that I do in Portland every year. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I have to tell you that buyers to buy my work, but also now that I attend your show as a, as a seller, um, as a store, I think about probably a good 30% of the artists that I carry, maybe even a little more, I found through meeting them at the New England Made shows over the last, I don't know, four or five years or so. And I have a lot of amazing work from a lot of the, a lot of the artists and I've, I've become friends with a lot of them. So it's really nice to, to have that bond and that connection. But I do, 
I do that. And then sometimes I, for selling my work, sometimes as random as this is, I may reach out to a store that I see or someone says, Hey, have you, I know of a store. I went out visiting someone mm-hmm. in, you know, Illinois and there was this great store. Check it out. So sometimes I do, I, I approach, um, mm-hmm. I'll give them a call and send them a copy of my catalog. So sure. that in addition Terrific. to doing the actual. And what's your best marketing helps. tool? What's your best promotion yeah. that tends to work for you? This is really cliche, but word of mouth is really good for me. And I think that'll change a little bit because I'm getting ready to launch a whole new e-commerce part of my business soon. But word of mouth, like at least I started my business in, in town. I started it kind of locally and now I've branched out mm-hmm. to other towns. So I'm still, I'm still pretty centralized, but word of mouth mm-hmm. where I have these little LCK ambassadors kind of walking around, like wearing my products and yeah, and, and talking about, about me. So. In addition to that, I have to tell you that for me, social media has been amazing. I do a lot through, um, I'll do like a newsletter through MailChimp and then I'll boost it out to all of my different, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn for some of the corporate stuff that I do. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and I get to see the, the metrics from that every once in a while. I'll, I'll dig into that. And that's Great. been. That's been really telling and really How do you, and we talked about earlier the lack of balance that a small business <laughs> can, uh, uh, can lead to. <laughs> but is there uh, a particular healthy habit that's important for you and how you, um, how you recharge? Anything that kind of keeps it space? I, that's, it's funny that you asked that because I used to be better about trying to go to the gym and trying to do yoga and take care of myself. And the last, I'd say nine months, that's completely gone out the window. And so about two or three weeks Mm -hmm. ago, I started sort of revamped and and ramped that back up. So I actually just started, um, there's a yoga class that I love near me. And I just Mm -hmm. started opening a little bit later on Friday mornings posted my hours later so that I can go to this yoga class and make a commitment to that because you got to have that balance. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do, but I'm a workaholic and I work all the time and it doesn't always make for fun, Holly. So you (laughs) need it somewhere just because it's a long game, you know, it's, it's a long game to, Mm -hmm. you know, to run that. Yeah. And then it absolutely is. And then usually on Sundays, I try to go for a hike with my kids and husband and dog. We try to do something outside, especially now that the weather's getting nice. That's, that's always a good. Mm-hmm. Now that nature feeling. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in running your business? Don't be afraid to ask for help and make sure that you surround yourself with really good people to help you do the things that you can't do. It's, I've learned that it's, it's okay for me to admit like, I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to, I don't know anything about marketing. And I mean, really, I don't know anything about graphic design. So all of those things, I had to kind of like Mm -hmm. build a really great team of people that I surrounded myself with who helped me. And, and so it's nice Mm -hmm. too, because I always felt like it was me and all this was on me and I enjoyed it, but it was still me. And it's still, I still answer for everything at the end of the day, but it's, it's very nice to have a team Mm -hmm. of people to kind of, bounce ideas off of and also like learn from and um you know have help you with their expertise or you don't want to invest in getting really good at something that just isn't your thing you know it's just like let that go yeah right if you can you know or as soon as you can right as soon as you can right right because every time that i'm doing something else that Mm. to, to grow the business or build the business that's time that i don't get to you know, do something that I really enjoy developing something on the torch or working and, 
or no, the big stuff. You know, working so, on a new jewelry line or something like that. Do you have any books so, or yeah. apps or online resources that mm-hmm. you would recommend for other artists and filmmakers? There are a couple that I really like. There is a book mm-hmm. I would recommend. There's one called Profiling by Design, mm-hmm. A Jewelry Maker's Guide to Business Success by Marlene Ritchie. And I can give you that information later. She used to, she was a designer, jewelry designer, very, very successful. I think her daughter is now as well. But she, I took a course from her years ago and um, it's just a great book. It's really helpful. Lots of information. And I, there's a podcast called, it's by Lewis Howe. It's called School of Greatness, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's a, um, He's an entrepreneur and just has a lot of really great uh, guests on there. So I'm always trying to, it's the business side that mm-hmm. that I really need to, to learn about. Well, I and, will link up to those know, in our show notes. So, myself, uh, so anybody yeah. that's interested in that, uh, they can just jump on and uh, and get an easy yeah. link to that, those resources. So is who or what keeps you inspired for kind of since 2008? Ah, well, <laughs> my kids, I have to say my kids because they'll get mad if I don't. <laughs> no. Um, no, they do because I, I love that, especially my daughter now who's 15. I love to have her see me working at a job that I love, that I'm very passionate about and, and juggling a lot. And, you know, sometimes it comes across as mom, you never have time. You're never home. Yeah. But sometimes she gets the connection and is like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. look at what you've built and. And I can do that, you know, like, I think that's very empowering. And I like that for her. Uh, what keeps you inspired, motivated? Um, I'd have to say my kids, definitely. Um, I like how Lindsay, my daughter, who's 15, can see how I've built a business and how you can, you know, if you really work hard at something, you can succeed at it. And it's not always easy. But I think that's very empowering for her to see that, that it's possible to juggle a lot of different things at once. And and do that. I think that's really important for her to see that and grow up with that. Uh, my son as well. And then other other artists always inspire me and kind of keep me keep me on my toes and and strive to kind of help me strive to make myself better or improve. Um, I have a woman, uh, a very successful and accomplished glass artist, Sheila Checkaway, who now um, works with me in my studio. And she teaches classes and she comes and uh, works on the torch. So we work together a couple of times a week. And it's nice because we bounce ideas off of each other and things like that and talk with each other. And she shows Perfect. me new designs Great. that she's making. And so as we wrap it up, Polly, uh, what would be your best advice to other artisans that you could share? Um, I'd have to say, try to remember to stay true to your roots and your brand. Because sometimes when I have kind of ventured out and tried new things like really that have gotten away from my initial vision, they don't always work. And I'm, I think focusing on what you're good at and not compromising the quality of the work that you do to, to grow bigger, but just focusing on what you do and do it well. That's that's pretty important. How should listeners get in touch with you if they want to check out your store or they want to connect with you, Holly, Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way it's probably to go online to my website because it's got all the information and that's um, lck.com and it's spelled out E-L-S-I-E. Awesome. And I'll have a link to that K-A-Y-E as well. So if anybody wants to. The- thank you yeah, so much, Holly, for just sharing what you have built and how you've gone about it. It's been terrific just to hear, uh, just to hear that goes. And it's always, always such a pleasure to uh, just you. see you at our Thanks, shows Beth. and just see what new is coming up. 
Thank you. Thanks so much. Visit artisanswholesale.com for show notes with resources and links that help you work smarter, earn more, and live better.